Welcome to Twitter Travels for Pete, Next Steps Edition, where I interview former Pete for America staffers about what's next for them and what's next for us as supporters of Democrats. Welcome back, everyone, to Twitter Travels for Pete, Next Steps. Today, I'm so excited to be talking to Anthony Mercurio, who was the National Investments Director for Pete for America during uh, Pete's primary run, run in 2020, and has been very involved in the Win the Era pack that Pete started. So we're going to be talking a lot about Win the Era, too. But um, Anthony, welcome! Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here and be talking to you. How are you? I'm great. So uh, anybody who's read my book, Traveling the Trail for Pete, knows about how we did do an interview before. And it was a complete interview. And it was (laughs) great. And it's the only interview of all that I've done, which is like, I don't know, on Zencaster. Um, no, I don't, don't mean to say anything. This is just a tech glitch. I don't know. It can happen anywhere. So, but it was the only one that just never, the file never finalized. We got that blue circle. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> so I guess it was all meant to be because this is the, this is the interview that is, was, is meant to be. Here we are. We, right? we made it happen. Yes. We're back together. We made it happen. Yes. I know. It's so good to talk to you. So let's start with your uh, your role for Pete's primary campaign, just to refresh everyone's memory. I think it's mostly Team Pete people and or let's just say Pete and Pete Curious. Like we always welcome more people. I um, love but so during. <laughs> yeah. So you were the uh, National Investment Director for the, uh, Pete for America. So could you explain what all that entailed? Like yeah, some absolutely. of us don't know what's an investment. What does that mean? Exactly. No, absolutely. And it, it's great to talk to you. And it's great to, um, you know, forgive me. It's it's been a little it's been a little while. So I'm going to have to, you know, channel back to remember what I was doing three. Oh four yes, years ago. go to the wayback uh, machine. Exactly. Um, you know, so I um, yes, yeah, so I oversaw um, Pete's uh, fundraising for Pete for America. Um, and so obviously we were really proud of the work we were able to do, um, and started early, early on in Pete's campaign, um, to build the fundraising apparatus, um, so we could fuel our campaign. Uh, we chose to call our fundraising team, you know, traditionally on a campaign, it would be called a finance team. I chose to call it an investment team because I was asking everybody who was coming on to team Pete or learning about Pete to make an investment in the future and make an investment in Pete. Um, because early on, it's hard to imagine the time where people didn't know who he was or <laughs> weren't excited about him. But early on, you know, we were really introducing him um, to folks around the country, um, uh, you know, about who he was and what our, you know, plans for the country were in 2020 and 2019. Um, so I was really focused on asking people to invest and help us, um, you know, show Pete off to the world. So that's why we called it the investment team. Um, and that entailed um, building that's out. That's brilliant. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Saying that entailed, you know, building out a big team um, across the country of folks that were focused on everything from, um, you know, grassroots uh, events and, you know, big things at uh, concert venues and things like that, that a lot of team feed, a lot of probably your listeners attended uh, as well as smaller, more intimate conversations and lunches and dinners um, and everything in between. Uh, there was a distinction made between a grassroots fundraiser. So some of us 
helped, right? Um, I'd say many people listening had a grassroots fundraiser um, code <laughs> that they could track how much they were raising. And then you also had investment people, um, you know, just volunteers um, raising the bigger. So that's a dollar amount, basically, the difference between those two. Yeah, it was all of the above. I think, you know, on, on more traditional campaigns, and I've worked for um, campaigns national campaigns and smaller campaigns, um, a lot of folks would, um, you know, really just focus on the higher dollars, um, which is great and important. And I think all money is good when you're supporting a good candidate and things like that. But um, a lot of folks weren't as focused as we were on the kind of grassroots energy. Um, folks like yourself who um, were out there pounding the pavement. And it's it's not just about, um, you know, every dollar counts and every vote counts, right? And a lot of when you're asking people, um, to invest in a campaign, even if it's five bucks, um, that's not only a $5 investment, that's also an investment of your time, of your energy, of your emotions, and really committing yourself to a candidate. Um, so I wanted to make sure that we respected every level of contribution and really celebrated every level of contribution. Yeah. And, and is that a metric that's used uh, for campaigns to show their sort of uh, widespread support that grassroots donors i mean i do see that absolutely yeah yeah i think that's really important i think because it shows that not only are folks willing to like something on twitter or sign up for your email list they're willing to take that next step um and engage with campaigns and you know say hey i want to hear more of you so here's five bucks right. to make sure I hear more of you <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> right. And that uh, could lead to even more involvement, right? Exactly. And it usually leads to another $5 and a few, you know, down the line and then maybe another 20 bucks down the line. And so we can really build um, that uh, overall fundraising and those kind of long-term um, supporters are really what um, keep movements going. Well, I... I know I'm speaking for some a few other people that I, I know well uh, from Team Pete that we felt very involved and we felt like our, our um, contributions of time and effort were being welcomed and that we were all working on it together. And I don't know, I have heard that that is not usual in a campaign. That was something that was very, the, the Pete effect. So, um, you know, how was Pete's campaign different from other campaigns in, in this respect? Yeah, absolutely. I worked on a lot of different campaigns and um, I think everything is different. Obviously, um, every campaign has a kind of different energy and ethos. I think what was really special and different about Pete's campaign is that we started with something like the rules of the road and a focus on belonging that really led us from day one. Um, so anytime we had to make a tough decision or, you know, you, you're faced with a lot of choices every day um, on how you spend your time and how you spend your resources. We had um, a set of values and the rules of the road that really um, helped us, uh, rooted us in who we are and what we do. So we never, things were, I think decisions actually were made a lot easier in that respect. Um, and I think, you know, one, one reason that I um, feel so fondly about um, that campaign uh, back then was, um, was that sense of belonging and community building that we had. And I'm, you know, so grateful and glad to hear that you felt uh, recognized and seen um, by our campaign and our team and a part of the team because you were <laughs> helping make it happen. Um, uh, you know, yeah, that, the that, rules of the road. Yeah, that was really important to us. And I think, um, you know, I think beyond um, having that on that list of the rules of the road, it also 
um, you know, it also rooted us and kind of guided us for how we built our programs, how we built our fundraising operations. We know we needed to focus on belonging and inclusion. And that's what, you know, guided us to make sure we included every level of contribution in those conversations and that focus. Um, and I think the, the other thing that really made it different um, and unique on uh, the fundraising respect and kind of every respect, I would say, um, is the room for experimentation um, and willingness to try things, right? We, um, we did a lot of different things. We threw a lot of stuff against the wall. And tried I, I, I including pizza for Pete, pizza with Pete, you know, exactly <laughs> everything. I mean, that was a huge success, right? That was a basically we success. all thought we all thought we were going to win that. It's just like statistically, you know, <laughs> impossible. But but I mean, seriously, we <laughs> we thought, oh, I have a great chance. <laughs> you know, I yeah, think and, everybody had an equal chance. I don't you know, we ended up having like five. No, I know. I know. Hope, um, fingers crossed, right? (laughs) Exactly. Um, Yeah. And so a lot of different ideas. And um, so there was a ton of room for experimentation, not only ideas that I brought to the table or Pete brought to the table, but also ideas that every level of staff and our team brought to the table. If someone had an idea on my team, I wanted to make sure that, um, you know, we tried it, right? If if you put some thought into it, had an idea, all right, let's, let's test it out. Let's, let's see if we can do it make it happen. And it might be a huge success. Yeah. Were you even uh, surprised about how, how things took off from if you, so when did you um, start? I'm right at the beginning. Yeah. So uh, you then witnessed things just blowing up in a good way. Yes. yes, <laughs> right? yes, yes. Um, everything from, you know, a CNN town hall, uh, you know, spe- uh, the Austin um, Tribune, or was it the TribFest or Austin City Limits? I forget which one it was. Um, and every little kind of NPR interview or um, media hit that would kind of spike and get people excited. And obviously the, you know, town hall was, it was a big one in, I believe it was March of 2019. Right. Yeah. So then, so on the fundraising end, like, did you have to like really hustle to like increase the capacity (laughs) to handle all these (laughs) donations? Absolutely. And, you know, we had an amazing digital team that really focused on building, um, our operation to not only like, you know, catch emails and attention and all of that, but also build the digital operation piece of it. But we also, you know, we focused as a team, um, on the campaign with all the leadership, all the folks that y'all know and met of kind of like building the sales to catch the wind. So early on, that's kind of how I approach campaigns and things like that. You know, you never know when, a big moment is going to come or if a big moment is going to come. I've been on plenty of campaigns that haven't had those big moments and that's, you know, too bad because we have great candidates out there, but not every campaign, not every organization has those kind of big moments, but you always want to make sure you build the sails to catch the wind when it comes and if it comes. And so that's the kind of energy that we brought to it um, to make sure we had the infrastructure, um, you know, things like the rule of the road really helped root us in things when in those moments when it felt like a rocket ship, um, and it was yep. just taken off. Um, so, yep. uh, but at the same same time, staying grounded. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, don't no, know, really I don't know if that's really a good analogy. Yeah. That's how because that's how we got there, right? And you never want to lose yourself. Definitely. Wow. I'm gonna. I have to move on to when um, sad. Sadly, Pete <laughs> suspended the campaign, and I know you had to hustle then for um, that transition. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Uh, but then we had the Win the Era pack that yeah. uh, Pete and uh, 
staffers, I'm sure. Um, I, I guess I'm not going to talk too much about like how it was all created, but so you were still involved then. You moved over and in the same capacity as, uh, I don't know if you had a title or it seems like you were everywhere doing everything. Um, <laughs> That's what it you felt were, like you were... for us. I mean, we were all, it was, it's hard to think back to that time because it was just the beginning of the pandemic too, but um, we were all <laughs> that little, that little blip. Um, we were all, we were hustling and, you know, the end of campaigns are always really tough. I think in a lot of ways we won and felt that we won in a lot of ways because of how, what we accomplished and the community that we built and how it ended in that way. But thinking back to that time, we also knew that we had a lot of work to do. We knew and we, you know, learned from the top that Pete, you know, stepped up to support president Biden right away. And so we had our marching orders. Um, and not only did we want to support, the president, the president, well, the now president um, and vice president Biden um, for, you know, his reelection. But we also, you know, on the campaign trail, we talked a lot about that where, you know, the White House isn't the only office that matters. And so we wanted to make sure we supported um, candidates and at every level and organizations. Um, so that's kind of what was the guiding light with Winiera. And so I'm a senior advisor to Winiera and have been since kind of like uh, its inception, um, helping make sure um, we're funded and kind of running great programs and partnering with great organizations um, and keeping the trains on the tracks, as it were. Well, you were running a lot of those Zooms, the Zoom sessions <laughs> where uh, Pete was on with uh, the various candidates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So oh, that's, yeah. uh, that's kind of. <laughs> we had about, you know, uh, in 2020, I, don't, I would love to go back and clock, but it was, you know, two to three Zooms a night that we were doing. Oh, yeah. But you know, the great thing is that, you know, we didn't really have anything else to do. So exactly. I mean, we really we, we were, of course, committed to the cause. Right. But it did help that, you know, hey, what am I doing tonight during lockdown? Oh, I'm going to a win the era Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And so they were, you, you and know they were what? often it, a it, lot of fun. So they were they were always fun because it was so reassuring to know that there were more people like Pete out there. I mean, mm-hmm. when I say that with integrity, you know, that naturally follow the rules of the road. And it's, you know, just because we we see so much of the negative because the, you know, really ill-behaving people get a lot of uh, <laughs> traction because it's, they're so shocking yeah. and they're so shocking in their behavior. So we don't see these decent people. So, oh, that was just so, so wonderful and a great way, actually, to, to spend the lockdown. You know, it, it uh, filled my soul. Oh, well, I'm glad yeah. to hear that. And we also yeah. did a lot of great work. I mean, um, through that work, we raised a lot of money for candidates across the country, including President Biden, um, all the way down to county commissioners um, that in 2020, we, when they are endorsed, um, we highlighted a lot of the important issues that continued, um, you know, from the campaign and from the ethos of the campaign. So, you know, when we started Win the Era, we, we, it's a 501c4 advocacy organization as well as a federal PAC. Um, and so we want to make sure we're advocating for proper, for the um, issues uh, that really drove our campaign effort in 2020. Um, and so things like climate change, you know, that little thing, uh, uh, things like economic justice and racial justice, um, national service was a big issue, uh, mental health. 
um, as well. And so we wanted to make sure we highlight um, highlighted all those issues throughout those Zoom right. conversations. Kept that momentum. Yeah, and kept it going, right? That's what inspired a lot of people to be a part of this. Mm-hmm. So uh, Pete was involved in the uh, endorsement process of how, or was it a committee, including Pete? Um, I'm just curious. I mean, they're yeah. all fantastic people. No, for sure. I mean, I mean there's too all... many. Yeah, yeah. No, there were there were. What I mean I think... is, what I mean is that there were so many people who would have also been wonderful, and you know, but you had to just keep keep to a certain number. I'm sure. Of course, and and similar to the rules of the road, I mean, we we adopted the rules of the road for when the air and kind of had a new version of them, and then also, mm-hmm. um, you know, Pete kind of gave us some guiding principles for the kind of candidates we wanted to endorse and focus and support and um, things, you know, so we looked at all of the amazing Democratic candidates around the country that we could support and highlight. And we, you know, wanted to, one, figure out where we can leverage our impact. Um, So we want to make sure we're um, doing that properly and uh, making sure our community can be the most impactful it can be. And we also wanted to make sure we're highlighting the, you know, kind of candidates that, um, for lack of a better word, vibe with the team. Um, So we looked at um, obviously a next generation um, through a next generation lens. We want to make sure we're looking at 2054, not uh, just 2020, you know, not just 2020. Um, And so we also looked at things like barrier breakers, people that were, you know, setting some firsts and, like just like Pete did um, when he ran for president and when he went for mayor of South Bend. Um, and so we looked at things like that and that, you know, helped um, guide the kind of candidates we looked at and supported. So, um, you know, looking, actually thinking back out loud now, like I, I think about a candidate like a Jevin Hodge um, who really embraced the team Pete mantle and the win the era mantle. Oh, sure. <laughs> and he was in a tough race for County commissioner of, Maricopa County, I bet he ended up coming up just a little bit short, but he really got excited and energized and Team Pete really jived with him and kind of jumped on his team. And now he's in a tight race in a really good red to blue district um, in Arizona's congressional in Arizona for Congress. So uh, and, you know, we're excited to you know highlight him again in uh, 2022 as an organization and just with our community. Um, but like, that's, you know, that's the kind of long-term, you know, time that we want to spend with these folks. Oh, I, yeah. I've talked to him on the phone. He's, he's good about calling, (laughs) calling donors in person. He, and I, I, you know, he said the greatest compliment I ever gave him was I said, you remind me of Pete. He said, oh, I can't believe you're saying that. So yeah. Yeah. So he does fit right in with us. Um, so I, yeah, wish him well and I continue to donate to him so so for for the win the era did did you to what extent did you notice that this true blue team pete is it was just like basically immediately moving over to support what win the era so yeah i mean i think it i think a ton of folks did i mean i think there was there is a level of um education and kind of engagement that has to come when you're focused on a big presidential race, right? That's big. It's getting headlines every day. And that's a little different than talking about a county commissioner in Maricopa County, right? So there's like that, that one, everybody knows what the president is and does. 
but not everybody knows what a county commissioner is, believe it or not. You know, like that's just, that's just the reality we're living in. You know, they all like, you know, in all of these local and um, for lack of a better word, smaller races um, have um, incredible impact on our day-to-day lives. We know that they are making decisions that are arguably probably affecting us a little more than some of the national decisions that are happening every day. Um, and uh, we're seeing that more and more now. And I think folks are kind of more aware of that, especially with this cycle, with a lot of the stuff happening on the right. Um, but, you know, that that in 2020, we definitely had a fair amount of education to do with folks and bring people on. And I think there was definitely no um, hesitation. I wouldn't say that. Um, there was an enthusiasm. I remember, I mean, I'm sure you said it to me too, but like, you know, asking for marching orders or asking for like, where do we go? What do we do? What do we got? You know, and I think that's, that's the amazing enthusiasm. And, you know, to be honest, I got a lot of marching orders from our community, right? Like I got a lot of, um, you know, excitement and um, ideas and, um it was, you know, back and forth, right? It was more of a conversation than someone telling us what to do, right? It was, what was amazing to see was some of the folks on Team Pete's grassroots digital communities help build the Biden digital community and reinvent that and reinvigorate that and and bring some of the lessons we learned from our campaign in 2020 to all these other amazing campaigns, big and small across the country. Um, and that's how we learned about a lot of amazing candidates. And that's how um, we're still working with folks today. Well, I'm going to get to that. But um, first of all, what happened next was Pete became Secretary of Transportation. He was, is on the Biden's cabinet, which is fantastic. But that, of course, meant that he had to step away from when the era, but when the era still exists. But things were just a little quiet from my perception. You know, there was a little like a quiet time. And I was assuming, you know, during the pandemic, also things were things were quiet. But what were were you what have you been working on outside of a win the era? You know, especially during that time after Biden was elected and uh, Pete stepped away from the win the era. Yeah, I wish we could say like, you know, right after we took a sigh of relief and just, you know, took a vacation and hung out. But remember, we had those Georgia elections in December and January. See, of, I'm uh, so glad that you bro- brought that up. Yes, now I do remember. So, so I guess it was after that. that <laughs> we all wanted that we to took like, a- breathe and relax, but we had those amazing, and we had such amazing organizers and um, staff and teams and volunteers that you know immediately picked up and um, went down to Georgia. And thank God they did, because we've been able to accomplish so much uh, more um, and despite the many challenges we've faced, but we've been, uh, obviously the Biden administration has been able to accomplish so much because of, you know, those few, those like that month of work that people did in those Georgia specials, um, the runoffs rather. So. um, All right. Well, thanks for bringing that up. It was that I, I do remember that now. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, And we had to make sure that we, um, you know, when the Aaron and, and folks supported um, those efforts. Um, and then we had to, you know, obviously we're so proud of, um, now secretary Pete, um, for what he's accomplished and obviously what he's doing, um, at the department of transportation. And, and, you know, uh, as he, um, stepped off and away from when the era, because he's, you know, he's not a political figure. He's a cabinet member right now. Um, he, um, we had to kind of think through, 
um, how we want to structure the organization and all of that. And so we um, luckily have those things called rules of the road that help <laughs> that kind of answer those questions for us. Um, and so we're able to think about, you know, still focus on those issues. So over the past couple of years, we've, um, couple of years. Yeah, I guess so. Um, really, it's wild. Uh, really focused on um, those that core set of issues that I mentioned. So things like economic justice, mental health, uh, national service, climate change, and democracy reform, of course, um, which is still very badly needed. And we're still advocating hard for things like that. Um, so that's a lot of the issue advocacy that we've been able to do. Um, and partnering with wonderful organizations around the country, highlighting those organizations to Team Pete, um, partnering with them, trying to engage the community around fundraising, around activism, around signing up for this or, you know, making phone calls or whatever it is um, on that front. And then um, also we want to make sure we're highlighting candidates, right? In 2021, we had obviously some key elections in places like Virginia and um, New Jersey and Louisiana um, and special elections all over the place that we, you know, had played small roles in. Um, but we also, as when the era wanted to make sure leading up to 2022, that we're highlighting some great folks for people to engage with and learn about that fit within our ethos and kind of fit within the rules of the road. So um, I know you've seen all of the events that we've done and, things like that. Um, and so we'll continue to do those um, through 2022, through November. And so for people to get on the email list for the, those invites and uh, about any kind of you know, candidate highlighting that you're doing in Zoom events, they just can go to the website and sign yeah, up? Yeah, just go to winthear.com, sign up. Um, it's right on the front there. Um, you can always um, shoot me a note, anthony at winthear.com. Don't be shy. Um, I think a lot of folks have my email probably, but, um, I also, um, also follow us on social, obviously. Um, we have that, but I think, um, so it's at when the era, um, I believe I'm pretty sure. I think I just tweeted about it today. So I'm pretty sure it's at when the era. <laughs> yeah. Um, I saw the, the, when the era announcement for something like an event tonight that of course, by the time this podcast is released, that will have passed already, but there will be more, right? There will be more. <laughs> no, absolutely. Be so, I mean, let's, because let's, it's let's, the let's midterms. Yeah. Let's use tonight as an example. And I think there's an amazing team Pete fan who I don't know who this is actually, but thank you. I'm saying this out into the ethos that puts a lot of these videos, um, online. Um, which is amazing. I think that's a secret, whoever that I is. I think it is a secret too. It's crazy. I don't know who it is. I love it. But it's helpful for me. But you can watch it there. But tonight's event is um, uh, with some amazing state legislators. Um, so we're partnering with the DLCC, which is one of the, an incredible organization that um, what is has that? Democratic... the Democratic Legislative Campaign Committee. So it's kind of like the DSCC or the you know, DCCC uh, for House members of the Senate. Um, but for state legislatures, ah, legislators, and I have to say, people people have seen what happens when within you know the uh, twenty twenty election and what Trump and his friends <laughs> tried mm -hmm. to do. Um, that we saw the importance of the state legislatures. <laughs> it's like They're crazy so important. Um, I mean, we, well, yeah, it wasn't we until they got crazy that we noticed. <laughs> Um, and I think if you, you know, watch tonight's event, you'll hear that they've been crazy for a little while. It's, it's just, um, I'm, I'm glad everybody were engaging and like learning more about them now because of what happened in 2020 now with the election. Mm -hmm. 
but we're also, you know, they haven't gotten less crazy. I will say that for, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. they've gotten more intense and, um, these battles that they're fighting. So are, and um, consequential. You know, they're, yeah, and they're the incubators for some of the crazy policy or really intense Ooh. and extreme policy you're seeing at the national level. Um, oh this my gosh, is what a these, way to think of it. Yeah, so in these like really deep red states where there's no you know progressive or democratic voices um, because they're not getting elected in some ways, uh, you know they're they're testing out these um, wild laws like the Don't Say Gay Bill in Florida. Right. Um, Or things like that that have percolated to the national consciousness. But this is where all these things are starting. Um, So that's why we want to make sure we highlight amazing state legislators um, like Senator Mallory McMorrow from Michigan, Senator Chevron Jones um, from Florida um, and Senator Sandra Hadagui from Nevada, who are going to be with us tonight to kind of talk about what's going on in the states this year. you know, Florida, Nevada, and Michigan are interesting, very different states, but I'm, I can't wait to hear a lot of the probably same stories that they're all experiencing. So, Right. So just imagine what we, we could accomplish if we could shift um, a huge part of the electorate to being focused on these midterms about, of local, uh, just, you know, because so, so much of the focus, as you know, is on uh, the presidential mm-hmm. race, and then they, everybody just falls asleep. Exactly. That. So <laughs> for, for no, four and, years. And I will say, you know, your donations go a lot longer, got a lot further, I would say, at the local level. And um, we, we can be, you can rest assured or rest unassured, maybe, that the right has not forgotten about state legislatures. <laughs> And the extreme oh. right has not. So <laughs> yes. that's why okay. we want to make sure that we're um, stepping up to highlight that. And I think Team Pete's community is going to be really integral. So I say all of that just for tonight as an example. And folks who are listening to the podcast can go back and check it out. Um, but we're going to continue to do events like that. We did events with some secretaries of state. Uh, we did events with some attorneys general um, and other folks that don't necessarily get the national headlines. Right, so that's highlighting them, and uh, but um, donating is very is key. So now I want to ask you my main questions that a newbie to the political process and fundraising, which I didn't really know before being involved with the Pete campaign, um, is the difference between the different kinds of contributions and the effect or the you know the benefit they might have. So first of all, the sustaining is that what it's called. The monthly, a sustaining cause, contribution, cause, like a monthly contribution? Right. So um, I'm always asked on Act Blue, do you want to make this monthly, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so the first time I saw that, I thought, what? Like, are you kidding? <laughs> anyway, yeah. uh, I know, but I know, can you talk about first that, like how um, valuable those kinds of contributions are? Yeah, absolutely. So, I yeah, I, 100%. So headline really valuable. <laughs> Let me tell you why. Um, they are uh, campaigns as you're running, you're constantly balancing money in, just like any organization, money in versus money out. And you want to make sure you can build your team and hire people and scale and grow. Um, but you're also, you know, waiting on money because you're fundraising constantly. You've got to fill the coffers so you can spend the money, um, you know, to run your campaign. Um, those sustaining contributions um, help really honestly help us budget. They help us budget that we know in already in, you know, say, you know, the month of September, the month of, you know, next month, 
that we're able to, we, we can count on X amount of dollars from our recurring and our sustaining contributors and supporters. So we know that we have this coming in on top of what we're going to raise from other things, whether it's email program or, um, you know, uh, and some events that we have, but it's more solid data rather than, you know, some events that you don't know, maybe it's going to, the contribution is going to come in, maybe it's not um, some days. And then you'll obviously have, you know, moments where, um, you'll have lots more contributions than you expected, or you hope to have those moments. But um, at that point, it's a little too, it can be sometimes too late to hire staff because you didn't plan on that, right? So um, the sustaining contributions can be really helpful. When you look at those numbers, though, is there some, the statistic that you use that some people will um, change their mind about it? You know, it's not a guarantee because that is that you're able to, yep. to yeah, remove Yeah, for sure. You definitely have to account on some drop off, but, and I don't know that, you know, I'm not the, I don't know the exact, there is a percentage drop off that you can expect. Um, so, you know, you budget for like maybe 85% of them, right. To know that you're going to have that money with a, a little drop off. Um, but it's generally pretty good if someone signs up to, you know, do your earlier question about getting involved in campaigns. We think about something called like, to bring you under the hood a little bit, we think about something called the ladder of engagement, or maybe the first step is signing up on an email list. The second step is maybe giving five bucks. Maybe the next, the third step is, you know, uh, giving 25 bucks. And maybe the f- next step is giving a sustaining contribution, right? So you're moving people to engage deeper with the campaign on fundraising and things like that. And then maybe the step after that is, you know, signing up to be a grassroots fundraiser or host a fundraiser or make calls or anything like that, right? So, well, I, th- um, I think what happened on the P campaign was a lot of us uh, gave to the max, donated to the max allowable, which we had never done before, <laughs> never, even, even close, never close. And then, then we still wanted to help. And so that's, that's how you got your your fundraisers. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, I still need to do something. And we, but, got you know, like we if never you... had a shortage of things for anybody to do. Oh, well, well thank you for that. <laughs> but the timing, like if you had, um, if you, a, a lump sum that you wanted to donate. So what, what about the timing of that? It seems like, I mean, I've, you know, some people might naturally think, well, I'm just going to wait until like October. Um, yeah, so but, I would say I I earlier is say, better. Don't wait. <laughs> um, they can't but, really do much with it in November, right? Is that <laughs> yeah. kind of getting too late? That's very true. That is very astute, and thank you for saying that. I think, um, but but seriously, the new like neophytes. Like I am not speaking just. I mean, I know anybody new coming to this. We just are geared to thinking that you know it's the fall. That's when, you know, we, we care, we just start to ramp up and that might be okay for the final get out the vote door knocking. Right. But otherwise that, that money is not going to help as much as it would earlier. Absolutely. Um, you know, I think, uh, there's a whole organization called Emily's list that, um, was founded on this purpose, you know, decades ago. That's Emily's list stands for early money is like yeast. It helps campaigns rise. No. Um, so, so, uh, I never know, knew that. I never yeah. bothered to check. Which is <laughs> oh, fun. Also, maybe it was fantastic. named up for someone named Emily, but I always know it as early but, money. Is hey. like yeast. Um, 
Hey, everybody's so, going to remember that now after <laughs> listening to this. <laughs> um, well, they're a fantastic organization that you know has helped women um, step into the political arena um, and addressed a major problem that like women, female candidates just couldn't raise money like male candidates could. Um, and so that's what Emily's List worked on. And I think, you know, that lesson is true for a lot of folks. There's, you know, folks like the Victory Fund for LGBTQ candidates and um, Black Pack for um, African-American candidates and other things. Um, so like another Latino Victory Fund, there's a whole gamut of them. But on your question about early money or money in general, when you should give, earlier the better in general, because it allows, again, for people to build campaigns for the long term, right? And, and also to, to show their their viability, too, like because there are fundraising reports. Mm-hmm, 100%. I mean, it, it is really important. And I think we look back to, um, if you look at political campaigns, there's not a ton of milestones that happen before voting. <laughs> there's debates, there's conversations, there's events, there's things like that. But one of the milestones we look at um our fundraising reports right because they do show campaign viability and potential um so that's uh definitely helpful in that respect but also budgetarily like really helping campaigns hire and build earlier you can't hire an organizer on october 15th to (laughs) work do work um with election days on november 3rd you know like you don't have time to do that and we appreciate the money and we love that but by that time, a lot of the airtime for ads is bought. A lot of things are saturated. But it would have been really helpful to have an organizer three months earlier or six months earlier knocking doors and having more conversations um, and building, you know, as I mentioned, building those sales to catch the wind. Help us build the sales early on so we can catch the wind when people tune in and get excited and engaged on campaigns. So fall. now for the, for the midterms, I know this this podcast will probably come out the, the very end of August. Uh, so this is now is the time, basically, because it's almost getting to be, I don't know, I don't want to say too late, but I mean, now is a, like a really critical time if you haven't already donated to a candidate, but you want to, to mm-hmm. just you know, get there, get in there in September. Absolutely. I mean, I think as of today, we are seven, as of this recording, we are 76 days till election day, something like that. Um, and, you know, so it'll be even sooner when you <laughs> release this. Um, so definitely now is the time. And I think, um, uh, you know, focus on where you want, um, to have your impact and uh, who inspires you and, uh, you know, what we can do, uh, and what you want to accomplish. But definitely if you're thinking about giving to a candidate sooner, the better. And $5, if you can only give $5, you shouldn't think, oh, that's not enough. I'm not even going to do it. Exactly. You should definitely give and engage if you can and are motivated to do so. Um, obviously, if you can't afford to give, you shouldn't <laughs> it shouldn't uh, break the bank to do so. But you should. But there are lots of ways for folks to get engaged, volunteering and all of that stuff um, on campaigns. But I would say, like, you know, if you can give, um, five bucks here and there. That's really wonderful and um, helpful for every level of campaign. And as I said earlier, um, if you want your money to go a little further, a lot of these local and state level races um, just don't, they don't raise the amount of sums that these big federal races. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to, I'm not, I don't want to throw shade at, <laughs> yeah, I'm not throwing shade at any other campaign. But when I say, when I look back at, 
you know, like a, um, a campaign like Amy McGrath's in Kentucky. I think she ended up raising $96 million for, for a race that, you know, it was a tough, I mean, she obviously didn't win. Senator McConnell was reelected, which is a big old bummer. And we all can't stand uh, Mitch McConnell. But, um, you know, if half of that money raised for Amy was spent anywhere else, um, on state legislatures, we could probably could have flipped two or three chambers, you know? So like there's, that's what I think about. Um, and obviously she ran a great, you know, she ran a, it was a tough race and a tough campaign. So oh, yeah. just using her as an example, just because of the vast amount of sums of money, not because of her. Yes. But, yeah. A huge amount. Wow. So, you know, um, this is how naive I was. I didn't fully realize this is, and I have to go way back to my youth. Haha. I, I didn't fully realize that candidates are relying a hundred percent on fundraising. Basically that, you know, there, they, there's what other sources of income are there? Unless you're Unless Mike Bloomberg, you know, right. a lot. Yeah. Unless you're a self funder, you're, you're raising all your money for your campaign and you usually start with zero. So. Right. So it's just like, oh, yeah. I, you know, I say these on my podcast, I'm the great uh, person. Uh, so my naivete that I'm not ashamed or embarrassed to show it just in case there's one person listening who also, you know, thought the same. So I want to make sure that. No, absolutely. I mean, thank you for saying that's that's totally true. Right. Like, I think that there's politics is big and crazy. And it seems like everything's all together and such a big machine. And in a lot of ways it is, um, you know, a big apparatus. Um, but it's also just people. Uh, and so these campaigns do just start with good, excited people that want to make change um, in their community and decide to step up and do it. Um, uh, and Oh, politics most- at its best is soul craft. That's what you're talking about. Exactly. Someone. It's yeah. people. You know, it's that's, people. Um, that's how, yeah. It's a community. Exactly. And these campaigns do start with nothing, right? You start with nothing in the tank or you start with, um, you know, whenever I um, work with a candidate or a new candidate or someone decides to run for office and maybe they call me because they know I'm in work in politics and uh, have done this before. You know, the first piece of advice is you make a list of everybody you know. And you call them and you ask them for money. <laughs> like, that's what I say. <laughs> well, that's you know, what... yeah. So a lot of people are, are uncomfortable with that at first. And of but course. the thing is, if you're going to run for office, you have to get over that. Mm-hmm. Right. You do. Um, because and that's, what, again, why I ask um, people to invest in Pete. Um, I'm not it's not it's it's a gift, I guess. It's but it's also I'm asking you to invest in um a campaign or an effort, if I'm running for office or someone's running for office, you're asking them to help you make change. I like to think of it as you're giving people an opportunity to make change. Here's an opportunity for you to help make change in your community by giving me money. I'm giving you an opportunity, not just asking you for money. <laughs> just reframe that in your head. And that exactly. Helps, I mean, to, to allow the candidate to, um, you know, um, go around, travel around and, and um, get on the soapbox and spread the word. So exactly. you're helping helping spread the word. Wow. So when the era is gonna con- it's gonna stay. I, I think yeah. it's gonna stick stick around. That's right? the goal. <laughs> what? 
<laughs> so what um, what about the future? If you want to speak to for you personally or what's up for the future of Win the Era, are you going to stay as fundraising your your gig or you're going to you're going to switch things up? <laughs> um, you know, I love uh, that's so funny. Um, I I think one thing for on the Win the Era side, you know, we are dedicated to this community and this amazing group of supporters. And I love spending time with um, folks from this community. I want to make sure we keep it thriving um, and not only um, give people opportunities to engage in politics and advocacy and issue work, but also hear from everybody and hear what you want to engage in and um, keep that um, alive for the future. So um, that, oh, you know, I love hearing that. That's what we're, we want to keep doing. Um, and so that's, you know, on the, on the air front and obviously it'll take different shapes over time but we have our core kind of solid you know rules of the road and the um issues that we're focused on so we're going to excited to continue doing that um and continue to partner with great other great organizations and highlight the amazing work that's being done in the space um and then you know on the personal front i think um i like to spend time thinking about how i can make the most impact in the world and how i can uh, make change and you know, I really like fundraising. I really like bringing communities of people together to fund efforts and, um, you know, stop, stop the attacks on our democracy, stop the uh, uh, rollback that we're seeing in a lot of ways and make sure we're uplifting some of the great stories that are happening out there. So whatever way I can continue to do that, I will continue to do that. So I'll probably work with a lot of candidates and fundraise for folks or um, also work with people to help you know, give money away effectively and make sure people are impacting in the way that they want to do um, that and all of the above in politics, making sure uh, one day um, maybe I'll step away, but that day is not right now. Oh, <laughs> well, we are fortunate. Too much work to, to be done, you. Sue Ann. We got to do it. <laughs> oh my gosh. And you have so much enthusiasm and energy. Um, it's fantastic. Yeah, I do. I mean, I get motivated. I like, this is an exciting conversation too. And I think, Oh, you know, that's, it's that's contagious. One great, that's one of the great things about politics is um, it is contagious, right? That that energy and that excitement, because a lot of days are pretty dark and pretty difficult that we're facing, right? Um, with some of the things that we're seeing, it's really scary. I mean, the rollback of uh, women's rights, of gay rights, of th- things we're facing is really dark and hard to, to, to look at. Um, but there is an exciting um, momentum that is contagious and excite, exciting in this community um, that we want to keep and going. And that's so, going to be, you know, instead of thinking that what's the story of this is a dark period in our, our history and, you know, we, I, we haven't lived in the middle of a chapter or more than one chapter of a, of a history book, you know, we always re- we read that, oh, this is the depression. This is what happened then. And, and now we know, you know, hindsight that everything ended up okay. Right. But now when you're in the middle of it, you can just imagine how unsettling, I guess, is the, the mildest way to put it. It was for people to have lived through these times, any kind of time of, of, of disruption and uncertainty. And, and so, but the, the real story is going to be how we get out of it. You know, it might take a while, you know, so if we looked back at, like, if it's a period that's going to, you know, resolve itself and will hopefully correct um, to decency again, that's, that's exciting. And, uh, you know, the thing is, like, I, I got to stay healthy. I got to, got to, got to be around for when things, things are good again. <laughs> exactly. There's no other option. 
Unfortunately. There's no other option. We got to yeah. keep pushing forward and fighting and, uh, you know, do it while we're taking care of ourselves. But, um, you know, that's, that's, we all need to lift each other up and um, keep the fight on. Right. And we just can't accept. So we, we can define that. that for the era that must come next, you know, it's coming whether we like it or not. We just got to decide what it looks like. You mean we need to win the era? I guess so. I think oh. we need to win the era, Sue Ann. I think that's what we need to do. Oh, my gosh. Well, you know, everybody asks, you know, in, Pete's in, in interviews and anybody working with me, is Pete going to run for president again? And, you know, that, I'm not going to ask that, you know. And I'm not even going to ask you, oh, would you also work for Pete if he ran again? Because, you know what, I think it's a given that we'd all show up for him. <laughs> if whatever he does i always say you know i support him no matter what what he chooses to do but uh who knows in the future we might all be together again you know, in the presidential campaign <laughs> and the future is you know who knows what's going to happen i think the main focus is um the important work that's you know in right now in 2022 obviously we got to focus on that and i think the other thing is you know we've talked about this whole hour is like um, the issues and the kind of long-term era that we're focused on, like that's, that's the energy that we need to bring to it. And, um, you know, it's, it's different and it's going to evolve and change, but what we're doing right now is all together as well. Um, and I exactly. think, um, you know, I can't wait to see folks in person again too, um, as we come back together more and more in person, but, you know, I can't wait to hear, and I've already heard so many stories of, um, folks from Team Pete that, you know, have worked on various campaigns or volunteered with this campaign or this person or that person and just the amazing stories that we're hearing and all the lessons and things that we're learning and we're just teaching each other. And that's that's continuing to happen every day. And I'm so grateful for that. And I, I can't wait for that to continue. I'm also keeping learning and evolving and growing and changing too, because I want to make sure that we're always fresh and um, at the forefront of what needs to happen. Right. And uh, the community. So it so it didn't really end, you know, um, uh, because, like you say, you're still working with the community here and win the era and we're still engaged. And that might not be I don't think that's the usual way things uh, campaigns go. So that's that's delightful. <laughs> I remember when when the era was created that, OK, it's not over. We can still see each other. <laughs> We're still right? hanging out. And I'll see you tonight. Yeah. I'll see you in a couple hours. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much for talking to me today. I, I think it's all this information about um, the, the ins and outs of fundraising uh, is so important for people, uh, people to know. And also that, if I can summarize, yes, the importance of supporting those local races Um just making sure that we're from the ground up, ground up. I don't know if that's quite right, but from the local on up, um, yeah. supporting great candidates. Absolutely. No, and thank, thank you so much for doing this. And this is a way to keep the community together that you're doing. And I appreciate that. And always happy to, um, you know, lift the veil on fundraising for all of our political nerds <laughs> out there because we all love it. <laughs> um, uh, well, I know what I'm going to be doing later today is I'm going to be. Uh, donating some money i love it i have a few candidates that you could give to so we're good on that (laughs) (laughs) yeah because i have been sort of thinking oh you know i'll just wait you know because sometimes you just don't get around to it and then i'm just thinking after this conversation oh my gosh i'm doing what what (laughs) what's not good so yeah 
Going to get on Act Blue. Okay, Anthony. Well, continue the good work. And I'm so happy that I will still be seeing you around. Absolutely. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Twitter Travels for Pete, Next Steps Edition. Now everybody get to work. <laughs>